Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Today, I have a very special episode with Jen Hatmaker. Jen Hatmaker has written several books, including New York Times bestsellers, For the Love of Mess and Moxie and Fierce, Free, and Full of Fire. She hosts the For the Love podcast, which has won many awards and speaks all over the country. I actually just saw her speak at Mom 2.0 in Phoenix, Arizona, and she was sensational, like truly one of the best speakers I've ever seen. She created Jen Hatmaker's book club, where thousands of women who believe good books are everything and stories still matter come together as part of her online community of millions of women. She says they are her life force and her personal think tank and common relief. She is also the host of the Make Me Care About podcast, which we will be talking about here, and I'll tell you more about that. Her latest book is Feed These People, which is a debut cookbook on sale now. Welcome, Jen. Thanks so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Love it. Love the title of your show. Hilarious and true. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited to have you on for this bonus episode, which we are recording in partnership with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Acrest Creative to learn all about your new podcast, Make Me Care About. Fantastic. I'm thrilled to talk about it. And literally it slides exactly under the umbrella of what you are offering your community, which is we want to know some stuff. We don't have time to read like dissertations about it. Like give it to us brass tacks. That's exactly what this podcast is. Yes. I love it. And I want to talk about all your books too, because I'm, I mean, you just have so much cool stuff going on basically. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. I was watching some of the trailers for Make Me Care About and all of that. Why should we care about iodized salt? I know, right? And that's kind of the fun catch here on the (laughs) entire series, which is we're going to bring to you a handful of topics that you're going to be like, what now? Like, what again? <laughs> like, why? What is it? Um, and yet these are deeply like rooted in issues going on both both domestically and abroad. And these are big deals in terms of justice work and environmental work and health work and progress work. And so I'm with you. 
I was like, so like I had, I saw, like, I kind of feel like I know I've seen it on the label. I don't really know what that means. <laughs> That's what this is here for. We got you covered. Like in short order, we're going to teach you a handful of things to care about. And you're going to see why. That's amazing. How did you end up partnering with the Bill Melinda Gates Foundation on this? Right? That's not normal. (laughs) (laughs) That was not just a normal Wednesday. (laughs) I am so flattered and honored, frankly, to be working with them. They've never done a podcast before. And so they were realizing that the foundation does monumental work in the world. Just It's hard to even really quantify the good that the Gates Foundation is doing in the world. But they were like, we are so deep in the bag on these issues, on these needs, on these people groups, on these cause areas. But we just kind of realized the ordinary folks that are out there living their life don't necessarily know. And so what if we put together a podcast series for regular people? Like, make me care about some of these things just to bring us in collectively as being essentially good neighbors to each other globally. And so they just said, Jen, you are a regular person. And I'm like, I sure am. And they were like, would you be interested in hosting a series for us? It's, it's from scratch. We've never done it before. We don't really know what we're doing, but we'd love to put together a podcast series for your community. And I said, I'm thrilled, honored. I was the easiest yes I ever gave. That is amazing. Did you already know them or was this literally a call out of the blue, like getting picked for- It was kind of a call out of the blue. Now, to be fair, I've I've had Melinda Gates on my podcast before. So So uh, we do have a connection. Okay. And and mostly me looking in the window of the Gates Foundation going, man, you guys are doing good (laughs) stuff. Like this is good work. And so our connection was kind of loose, but I was- that's so awesome. flattered that they came and asked. We went through a bunch of phone calls and a bunch of Zoom calls. And we finally were like, let's do this. Let's put it together. Amazing. So how many episodes per season? Like how, what is the structure like of the podcast and who picks yeah. the topics? Do you get to pick all the things to care about? Tell me that all of that yeah. and all the, all the guests too. Uh-huh. We have really just one season at this point. I think we have 13 episodes, might be up to 14. And this was all developed, of course, by the Gates Foundation in that these are some of their major cause areas where they are contributing and leading and innovating and researching. And they're on the ground. I mean, these are in play already. They're in the works. And so, because I was regular, I'm over here going, I don't know why I should care about syringes. I don't know why I should care about poop. I don't know why I should care about garbanzo beans. So really, I'm kind of like the target demographic. I just happen to also be the host. And so they were the ones who came to me and said, we'd like to connect you, Jen, with our brilliant leaders and scientists on the ground doing all this incredible work. You interview them. And let's see if we can get collectively the community to care about some of these huge issues going on in our world. I love it. That's so cool. Well, what a blast. I love it. Yeah. Can we talk about your books a little bit as well? Sure. Um, cookbook out now, Feed These People. Uh, yeah. It's so amazing with snippets from you and recipes and photos and yeah. all the good stuff. Tell tell me more yeah. about that book and why that why now? Why this book? Mm-hmm. It's outside my genre. I'm a writer, but you know, I typically write nonfiction books for women. That's sort of my space, which is 
development and growth and sort of the basically emotional and mental and spiritual care of women. That's really where I concentrate. But I have always loved to cook. I'm a cook. I'm just a home cook, like a normal person who just cooks for the people that live here. (laughs) And I've sort of dabbled for years putting recipes online on all my socials. I've even had them in my last two or three books, Um, just kind of as a little, here, here's a little bonus. And so basically my community has been asking me to write a cookbook for almost a decade. And finally- they, uh, this is no joke. They started an online petition. Thousands of people signed this thing to get me to write a cookbook. And I was like, you guys cannot just bully me into (laughs) writing something. That's not how it works, except it did. And so I wrote this at long last cookbook and it was so fun. I, I literally cannot wait to write another one. It was just a blast. I loved writing it. I loved spending a million hours in my kitchen, testing all the recipes, feeding all my people. I really love food writing. That's really fun for me. The whole book is hilarious. Even if you're not a cook, it reads like a stand-up comedy show. So I can't tell you how many readers are like, I don't cook. I don't want to cook. But I sat down with your book and read it like a novel. I'm like, great, perfect. Whatever you want to do, man. Like I write it for you. What you do with it is up to you entirely. It's called Feed These People. And it's just the most fun. It's such a good time. That's amazing. I went back and read Of Mess and Moxie. And Mm. I have to say, like from the very first pages, I had chills like up and down Mm. my arms. When you start it with like, this one's for the girl of 23. This one's for the girl of 38. This one's for the girl of 59. And I was just like, oh my gosh. And I was imagining this montage of my life like before my eyes. And then you go in and give all the advice. But oh my gosh, that was so powerful. Thank you. What a lovely thing to say. Of of all the books I've written, I think that's my favorite intro I've ever written. And I just, of course, patterned it after Martina McBride's song, This One's for the Girls, where she's just sort of went decade by decade. And that was so meaningful to me because I, I have five kids and my kids range from 17 to 25. So I have a bunch of young adults Um, that belong to me and I love them and I believe in them and I care about them. And so now that I'm, I'm 48, so I'm getting close to 50. And the fact that people look to me in their teens and twenties and thirties, and then my age forties, and even some women that are older than me for leadership and for, for influence and for really sisterhood will just never stop freaking me out. It is so profoundly special to me. And I take it incredibly seriously. That is a huge responsibility to me. And so when I wrote that intro, I thought everyone's welcome at my table. I don't care if you are in college. I don't care if you are retired, like all women are welcome at my table. And so thank you for pointing out that intro. I sure loved writing it. Oh, no, I loved it. And you recently re-released your book that was seven into uh-huh. a new, what's the new title? I wrote it's it called down. Simple and Free. And, Simple and Free. And that was too and hard was for a, me to remember, apparently. <laughs> right? That was a, it was a social experiment that I did a little over a decade ago. Kind of a radical, it felt radical at the time, social experiment in which I took seven areas where I just felt like I had too much of it all. Like clothes and food, spending, waste, stress. Like all these things where I'm like, it's just too much. It's all too much. And I spent one month 
on each category. And I paired my options down to just seven things. So like, for example, I only, I ate the same seven foods for a month. I wore the same seven pieces of clothing for a month. I only spent places in seven or spent money in seven places for a month, et cetera. And, and then I thought, let's just see how it feels. Let's see what happens. I didn't know what was going to happen, uh, but it was, it was radical and it changed my life. And I learned so much and I um, learned to live a little lighter on this earth and to care for it in ways that were more meaningful and long lasting and sustainable, but it needed an update. It was a 10 experiment from 10 years ago. And I've learned so much since then. And the world has changed so much in 10 years. And so I went back through and sort of reworked it and added everything in that I'd learned. Um, There were a handful of things that I set up. I wrote this 10 years ago and I understand this thing differently now, Mm. but I left it in, but I put all these like additions and said, let me, I'd like to add some more commentary to what I said before. That's as much as I knew at the time. And this is what I know now. And so you kind of watch in real time, 10 years of growth because I both left in the original and then added so much more work to it. So anyway, the the newest version is called Simple and Free. And so what did you, what's like the main takeaway? Is it better to have less, to lessen your choices and live more intentionally? Almost without exception. I mean, there's almost no exception where that was true. Like one of the months, and this was, I mean, keep in mind, this is like 2011. So if you can really even think about one of the categories was media and technology. And so even how much that has changed since 2011. So going back and reading my earliest work where we were still sort of at the earlier stages of social media, but we didn't even have Instagram yet. Like it, reading it, I just went, oh man, I wish I would have taken my advice even more mm. um, now that it is so all consuming and we're having to really fight against the machine. And so I really didn't find any area in which... I think more was more. It was all a relief and a comfort to sort of clear out a lot of the just chaos and clutter and noise. And I think often fondly back on those seven months because of how revolutionary it ended up being for like the way that we live our lives. I love social experiments like that. Mm-hmm. Have you read Tiffany Schlein? She takes a tech Shabbat every Saturday and did a whole experiment. What would it be like if her family did not use technology for one full day each week? And how would that change her family yeah. life? And yeah. As you can imagine, it made it much it better. It does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you think, I mean, one day, like one day off, big deal. It matters. Yeah. It matters because of what you experience alternatively. Mm-hmm. So it's not just that you've eliminated a, a noisy channel. Yep. It's that in its absence, you learn to live differently. You fill your time differently. You prioritize connection and experiences and adventures differently. So it's not just what's missing. It's what you add that you just simply wouldn't have otherwise because yes. we're too busy filling our eyes and our brains with everything else. And so that's a great suggestion. I'll be sure to write that down. For people who aren't as familiar with you and your whole trajectory to being the big deal that you are, how did you get started? And how does one even join your community? Where is that? Where does that live? And where should they go and all of that? Mm-hmm. And so I've got just a really slow trajectory. I have, I'm definitely not a flash in the pan, definitely not like 
a one hit wonder that just spiked all of a sudden. And my community has grown really slowly over a lot of years and just one book at a time, one reader at a time, one person at a time, which I love because it gives my community a lot of depth. We have a lot of staying power. Our loyalty to each other is very baked in. And so it just makes us sturdy. This isn't just a shallow community with shallow roots. It's really rooted. And so at this point, I've got a lot of books to choose from. And I I, I have two podcasts, my podcast, which is called For the yep. Love, and then the Make Me Care About podcast with the Gates Foundation, which is just out. I mean, it's yep. we really just started recently releasing just the first two episodes. And so those come out every Wednesday. And, and then I have a book club, Jen Hatmaker Book Club. And that's one front door. I just have so many things. In general, I would say our community largely gathers together on my social feeds. Mm-hmm. That is the easiest, most free front door to yeah. see what the fuss is about, to see where <laughs> the shenanigans are. And there are lots, it's a lot of shenanigans. And so my social feed is where most people join and where I get introduced to my community. And then I've got plenty of places. If you want to kind of pull down the funnel, I've got tons of sub communities and me courses and podcasts and book clubs and all these incredible other spaces to connect and belong. But Jen Hatmaker on all the socials is usually the front door. I've started something similar, but it's more in its infancy, but I have a book club, not like as big as yours, but I have thousands of people in my book club. And I have this podcast, yeah. obviously, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I opened a bookstore in Santa Monica. We have classes. I love it. We have retreats, a magazine, Zibby Mag. Anyway, so I feel like- oh, I love it so much. I'm trying, I'm trying so to build much. a community. But anyway, so looking at you- I love that. Little, it's That's it. Inspiring. That's what we can do. We just, we take what we love and what yep. we have, and we build the community around what we care about together. And, and then we grow it just person by person. And I'm not interested in anything that promises sort of razzle dazzle, like Mm -hmm. here's a way to spike or here's a, I don't know. I just don't, all that is easy come easy go. Mm -hmm. And so I think what really matters is building something lasting that has depth to it. That's thoughtful and intentional, a place with just a lot of connective tissue to it. Like that's the stuff that'll hang on, right? Like all these other, we're not looking to be a a TikTok star that'll just flash in March and be over by October. And so Mm -hmm. building is a way harder work, way slower, way more fits and starts. But at the end of the day, I think that's what you and I will end up holding and we'll be proud of it. And, and it also, of course, as you've probably experienced, the community gives to me, I feel like far more than I've ever given to them. And so it is reciprocal, which is really saying something in this world, which feels so isolated and disconnected. And so good for you. Keep going. Oh, thank you. Yeah. I feel like it does become self-serving when I'm upset about something or I post about it. And then all these people respond and then they start responding all to each other. It's like, it's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Incredible. Right. The sum ends up being greater than the parts. Yes. And it takes on a life of its own. I've always just said, I don't care if it is in person, in a live room, in a chat room, virtually, you put enough women together and they will create their own community with or without your leadership. Like you don't have to influence it. You don't have to even make it happen. It will happen. And so women are the greatest. That's yeah. 
So well said. That's amazing. Are you working on any new books now? Not yet. I had a book sort of contractually that I was supposed to write in the last couple of years. And then my life just took such a different turn and I just wasn't ready to write it. I'm not, I, I'm actually still not quite ready. And so I just said, I need to put a pin in this. Mm-hmm. I lost my marriage after 26 years and, and then it was the pandemic and it was just all the losses were so compounded and so unexpected, right? Just no precedence at least for either of them in my world. And so I am always committed to never writing from sort of like a gaping wound. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I'm writing from a scar. Mm -hmm. And so I just, I haven't been ready. I, I needed to live this chapter of my life before I was ready to write about this chapter of my life. So we'll see, like hopefully in the next couple of years, writing is my favorite thing that I do out of everything that I do. And so I look forward to putting pen back to paper. It's so smart to know you're not ready. I mean, so many Mm -hmm. people don't have that self-knowledge or the confidence Mm -hmm. to wait or knowing Mm -hmm. what's going to be a better product in the end for everybody. So That's right. I also got divorced. I have four kids. I'm remarried Mm -hmm. now, but anyway, Mm -hmm. lots of Yeah, I'm sorry (laughs) that we have that in common, but we're both learning. You've learned there is a very vibrant possible life on the other side of that loss, which you couldn't have told me that three years ago, but now I know it's true. I think that's what especially women like to know is that there's no, you, you don't ever like run out of time where you can't change things. Never. You know, it can always, you can always pivot and care about something new, you know? <laughs> always, always. We're never out of time. It's never too late. We're never too old. Something's never too far gone. Yep. There's always possibility. And so sometimes we choose it. Sometimes it's chosen for us, but regardless, We get to decide what we're going to do with that pain. And I have learned that that tends to be a pretty reliable front door to growth if we'll Mm -hmm. let it. Yes, absolutely. And the book club, tell me a little more about that. How do you pick the books? How often does it meet? Mm -hmm. Like, how do people join? Mm -hmm. My book club's virtual. Well, that's how it started, of course. It's virtual in all the states. I think we have members in every state. And then, of course, as women do, as mentioned earlier, without our influence, leadership, or suggestion. They started meeting locally. Um, They started finding each other. Who's in Chicago? Like who's in Philadelphia? And so now we have like chapters locally that meet everywhere and they get together in person and we have a book a month and it's the most fun. And then the author of that book always does a dedicated podcast with me for Mm -hmm. the book club. So we get to ask her, we mostly feature female writers, our specific questions about the book and the plot and the characters. And of course we hit a lot of genres. We've had it all memoir, um, historical fiction, every kind of novel we've had. We did an autobiography on um, RBG. Like we, we're not genre specific. We're just good book specific. And so it's called the Jen Hatmaker Book Club. And I always call it the just best little corner on the internet because we have a private Facebook group that is just so connected and so dear, so safe. And we we do book stuff over there, but we do mostly life stuff over there. Mm -hmm. And so it's a joy. It's one of my favorite things. Talking about books is really talking about life. I mean, it's just a way to do a conversation. That's right. I should have mentioned now here I am just like 
advertising myself here, but I also started a publishing company and we publish one book a month in fiction and memoir. We have really, really great books. And wow. I'd love to send you any if you're interested or, wow. um, but I think you'll like them. I, uh, they're all written by women. We're a women owned, yeah. owned and operated company. We have one guy, yeah. the rest of us are women and uh-huh. they all have like a strong sense of voice and place and mm. propulsive writing and narratives. Anyway, I think you'll Good like for them. you. They're, they're the themes publishing companies, think, no joke. It's no like, joke. That is yeah. an undertaking. Yeah. I could just do that and I would be busy enough. No question. (laughs) Especially one book a month. That is a lot. That means you are in development a year and a half out. So yeah, that's that's a serious deal. uh, All right. We have our list set through the end of 2024 now. So yeah. 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 All right. Well, Mm -hmm. I'm going to, if you don't mind, I could send you. I would love it. A little bit. Anyway, putting you on the spot. I can delete it if you're like, no, I hate no, it. I would love it. Of course I would. I'm a book lover. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a book club lover <laughs> and creator and curator. So yes, of course. Thank you for the offer. Amazing. Okay. So what are we going to care about next? Like what's next up on your Let's see. show or who are you most excited about? Oh yeah. So I don't know when this is going to air, but last week, my, one of my favorite episodes came out, which was maternal mortality, specifically black moms, black maternal mortality in the U S is fundamentally unacceptable and kind of a quiet issue. And so tomorrow we talk about garbanzo beans, just the average conversation we're all having, which turns out to be a superfood and an answer to malnutrition in really profound ways globally. So that one was really exciting And we go on from there. Like we have some, we have one on college and does it still matter in today's day and age? And what what does the data show? We have one episode that talks about the single grade between K through 12 that is the highest predictor of a student's success more than any other grade. And what was really interesting. Yes. Third grade. Great guess. I had guessed kinder or first. I was thinking about emerging literacy. And my second guess was junior year because that's that Mm. launch year getting, it's ninth grade. And the data is unambiguous. And it's really an interesting conversation. And then we still have my very favorite episode coming up in May, which is digital money. And what happens when we can get women access to digital money globally, what it does for the GDP, what it does for the economy, the community, the family unit. It's it's profoundly exciting. And of course, I'm someone who specializes in the empowerment of women. So I mean, I couldn't get enough of that one. I, I wanted to stay on that episode for a hundred <laughs> years and be like, and then what can we do? It's all very fascinating and very hopeful. Like I learned so much, but I also walked away going, look at these brilliant people on the ground with solutions. Mm. Like this is a solution led series and it's very exciting. And I feel so grateful that they've contributed their expertise and their knowledge. And of course their time to the show. And it's just like, I feel very privileged and honored to get to sort of roll out these conversations to the community. That's so fun. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you to the listeners. For listening to our special episode today, created in partnership with the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation and Acast Creative, please listen to Make Me Care About. And Jen, thank you so much. Thanks for chatting and doing this whole podcast. And you are such an inspiration to me. I, I just, uh, yes, you're just like a model that it can work and it can it can go on for a long time and it, it makes a difference and just to keep going. So you don't know how much mm. you're inspiring me, but you are. So 
Thank you. What a lovely thing to say. That means the world to me. Thank you so much for having me on for a little bonus episode. I'm delighted to be inside your community. I'm cheering you on. Thank you. You too. (laughs) All right. Take care. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. 